everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Relic, a classic paintball podcast. I'm your host, Tori Schramm. Welcome back to the show. On this episode, I am humbled to get a chance to talk to Carl Markowski of Take Your Pick of Aftershock, New School Avalanche, uh, Excessive, uh, so many teams, and uh, host of uh, the Playing On podcast. Uh, it was really great to get a chance to sit down and talk to him. And this is one of the few episodes where I really don't have to edit anything because it just seemed to uh, flow the entire time. So sit back, enjoy the show, and uh, enjoy. All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Relic, a classic paintball podcast. I'm your host, Tori Schramm, and I have uh, today with me one of the pioneers of paintball podcasting, Carl the Microwave Markowski. How are you doing, man? Good, man. I haven't heard that in a while. That uh, brings back memories. Yeah, well, <laughs> got to call it from, uh, from, the, from the relic side of it. Hmm. All right. Uh, well, let's kick it off, and uh, you know, we'll, do the, we'll do the normal... I think I'm just going to, I think I'm going to start having like a poll behind me, like a hash mark every time somebody talks about they went to a birthday or whatever other, uh, you know, whatever else they did to get started in the sport that we all love. So uh, which one was it for you, man? Definitely wasn't a birthday. So I'm not in that category, um, but it was from a, a, a very good friend, a best friend, some would say uh, it was just an outing. He well, it was actually a hobby of him and his dad. So they, they, I don't know how long they had played before I even, I never, I don't even know if I asked him that question, but uh, they had been playing for at least, oh, you know, at least a year or two before they got me into it. He asked me, he was like, Hey man, what are you doing this weekend? We're going to go play paintball. There's this thing. And I was like, I had no idea. I was like, I, I have nothing going on. Let's go see what's going on. And, um, I was, I mean, right when everything started, even though I can't remember if, I even shot anybody or if it, my paint was shooting straight. All I could remember is like, I couldn't hardly see anything. And I was like fogging up and it was like lenses were super scratched. Cause they're just like, hand me down, hand me down, hand me down. Like old school goggles. I don't even remember what they were. Excuse me, but I couldn't see anything, but I was having the time of my life. Like it was just hands down just some of the most fun that I've ever had. And I was just instantly addicted. Like most of us get, uh, and you know, the rest is history. It was just, I, I couldn't stop wanting to play or wanting to be around the sport in general. Uh, was that in Ohio? Yes. Yep. Okay. This has been Ohio centric like this entire time, more or less. Yeah. So I, I grew up in, uh, in Northern Ohio for the most part of my life. But, um, but then I just kind of started, you know, as I grew up, I started going out, I played some fields and, and I was in Seattle, uh, I was in Minnesota. Um, but, uh, but mostly just everything centralized, like Northern Ohio area. I mean, obviously Chicago, but you know, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that yeah. <laughs> yeah, in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, there was another, but I never I'm lived already there. off track here. There's a lot of people that thought I lived in Chicago, but I never lived in Chicago. I just kind of like team resided there um, playing with shock. But I was never, never not from Chicago and never lived there. 
Oh, wow. That's pretty cool to be able to, uh, I don't know if I want to say guest as far as, you know, being part of a team, but never actually having uh, roots in that area. That was kind of, for the most part, I would say besides, um, besides Avalanche and maybe Infamous, but I mean, Excessive was based out of California. Then you had X Factor, who was, uh, you know, based out of San Antonio. And then uh, Chicago Aftershock. I mean, they're close, but it's still, you know, it's not super local. Um, but yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those teams, yeah, I was, I was always flying out to and uh, trying to make those weekends work and trying to get back in time to go to work uh, from those flights that were across the country. So, um, yeah, but you know, you make it work. You find a way. I guess it's getting more and more of that these days. But yeah. uh, that's still that's still uh, pretty cool to be able to make that happen. Uh, all right. So you're hanging out in Ohio, you're chilling out with your friend, you're shooting, you're, you're loving, uh, you're loving paintball. Mm-hmm. Uh, at what point did you go from enjoying yourself on a weekend or just goofing off with your friends on a weekend to being like, I want to do this as a competition? Well, instantly, I was competitive with it. Like I wanted to, I wanted to really. I mean, when I started playing and I realized it was a game and it was just it was a competition, I was all in. And on top of that, I had the the addictive adrenaline rush of playing on top of that. So it was just like this, this not I not cumbersome weight, but there's just just this heaviness of like, okay, you know nothing. You're a beginner at this. You know nothing, but you're you're instantly addicted, and it's only going to get worse from here. Meaning I'm only going to get more, more obsessed and more obsessed with wanting to like figure this thing out. That is completely new to me because at the time I was uh, a baseball player. I was an athlete uh, playing baseball, playing football. Um, I skateboard. I was just, I loved doing all these things, but then paintball was such a, just this kind of new era, this new place that I've never been to before as far as, um, being all geared up and then shooting paintballs. It was just, wasn't like, it's, it's not your normal football, baseball, soccer thing, you know? So that's, that intrigued me, uh, off the bat, but it was, yeah, it was kind of a whole new frontier for all of us. Yeah, it really was. And that kind of pushed me to of like, I mean, that was my first job was being a paintball ref working at Toledo indoor. That was my first job. So I was like, just hooked instantly to want to wanna be around it. I'm like, dude, let's get a job at the indoor. Oh, they, there's a paintball field. And then instantly I application wanting to get in, wanting to get close to the game, figure it out. And I think it was that at that point when, um, when I, I got, that was my first job when I got in and I just wanted to be around it. I think that was me knowing that there was something to it. Um, because really when I do or go after anything, I kind of overdo it a little bit, but it's, it's more on the, just, I, I love the beginning stages of things, uh, that you, that are a new hobby or a new habit or something. I love those beginning stages of like just pure learning. Like it's 100% pure learning that you can't, all your judgments are very on the fly because it's so new. And your experiences are very on the fly and, and, and fresh. So, yeah, it's just I, I love those that those kind of moments when you're learning a new uh, a new anything. That's uh, it's funny to say that I was actually uh, my first job, too, was uh, was being a paintball ref. 
uh, coincidentally, nice. but uh, just that that total immersion, like right off the bat, like there's you know some kids could get into it or they didn't read a magazine and they take other steps to get into it, but whenever it's your when it's your first job, it's just mm. right right in over your head right off the bat and uh, no looking back. Yeah, uh, so I think yeah, it's a good can, perspective too on the game. You have that you have that different kind of side of it of of watching for certain things and watching for hits and angles and all this stuff. And you can you can kind of play the game and feel out a field as a ref that you can definitely roll over into playing um, as odd as that sounds. Yeah, it makes I makes perfect sense. Actually, you just have an opportunity that uh, doesn't for other people to, to start getting that kind of uh, that outlook could cost them a lot of money for, for playing, so to speak, you know, and actually mm -hmm. uh, to get that much time being able to look at it like that. But if you're a rep and you're getting paid to to look at those angles, it's a little bit different. So I can dig that. Yeah. What, what year was that? This was 2002. Oh, wow. I believe. Okay. Yeah. I was a late bloomer. <laughs> well, I mean, comparatively speaking, everybody has like their own time that they start, you know? Yeah, but I feel like everybody around the time when I started was, they had, like everybody I was competing against at that time that was around my age, I feel like they had started when they were like 13, 14, and I wasn't until I was, I was like 16, 15, 16 almost. So I feel like um, everybody had those those two years. But I mean, it, it depends also too, because you have um who was it blake yarber that was playing a bunch of scenario stuff and i forget who else just said the same thing that they played like years of of scenario ball or in the woods until oh, they uh, this guy why can't i think of his name right off the top of my head um houston heat nico nico i think talked about yeah nico Hyde. for a while right yeah mm -hmm. yeah so everybody's different <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've never played a ref scenario, and I think after refing scenario, it's like, no, I'm good. Thanks, no thanks. There's too much <laughs> for me, man. There's, there's a lot of stuff much, going on, man. There's a lot of standing around, a lot of like just watching, and then and then if you want to be involved too much, I just like getting in the middle of everything, like, and I'm always like getting shot and then reinserting and then getting shot and reinserting because I just like probing and like, yeah, I can dig it. Uh, okay. Uh, moving on to one of my favorite questions I like to ask everybody, and we've already talked about this, uh, before we started, start off the show, excuse me. Um, how'd you make it work financially? Um, or even if you want to go that far, how do you, how, how do you make it work, uh, logistically? Because I mean, it's, if we're being honest, it's, we're, we're none of us are, are paid professionals. And so you have the time off and the flights and like, you know, just how do, how do you make it work? Cause there's going to be some kids out there that want to be where you're at right now. And, uh, you know, any, any kind of pointers would probably help them out. So what you got, buddy? Um, so I know there's a lot of people that are always like, Oh, you know, you know, before I say anything, stay in school, get your education. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily stay in school. I would say get an education one way or another, educate yourself. Um, while you're chasing whatever dream that is. But what I would say is it was obsession more than anything. And I think 
by that I mean I made it work. I, I manifested somehow to make it work. I, I, I manifested ways of getting money, of staying over places, of just... I, I, I let my obsession guide me, but then I, I you know, kind of carve the path um, by just winging it, man. I mean, that's really because if you, if you do something and you don't obsess over it, it's not, it's not your dream. It's not what you want to do. It's, it's something that you're just doing now. Um, but as, as for me, paintball was something that dug so deep and, 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 uh, went, I mean, spanned days. I, I would go from playing paintball to coming home and going, talking paintball with my friends and then watching paintball videos when we're done talking, like it was an obsession. Like that's, and, and for me, that I think was, was the kicker because when you're obsessed about something, you'll do anything to really make that and manifest that and have it happen. And I told myself at an early age that I wanted to become a professional at this. I wanted to, not that I wanted to get paid, but I just wanted to, I wanted to compete against the best because I, in my heart and in my play and in my belief in myself, I knew that I could compete at the highest level if that's what I wanted to do. And if I, if I didn't tell myself no, or I didn't limit myself, I, I mean, it's just how cliche are, you know, name a cliche that comes up, you know, it's, it's any of those, but it's, it's really, I think just being obsessed and knowing that you have to make sacrifices as you're doing it if that's what you want to happen. Like a, a good example is um, moving to an area where there are paintball fields that you can choose from to play at that have players. Um, and you'll go to a shitty job on Monday through Wednesday. Obviously we're talking about, you know, 18, 19, 21, 20, you know, younger people who are actually trying to figure out what they want to do with their life, but they have their life still, not that we don't, but I mean, they just have the opportunity because they don't have maybe necessarily the pillars set in place of, you know, 20 some years already of, you know, of us having to figure out life. They don't have those pillars yet built. So they're trying to build those pillars at the moment. So, but what they can do is they can afford um, a column being a little short and then fixing it and then being able to do this uh, and, and figure themselves out as they're trying to figure the world out. Does that make any sense? Um, Yeah, no. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine, man. I just, uh, it's the first time that uh, I've never heard it described like that. And it was, I don't want to be weird when I say it, but it sounded like poetry, man, because normally, like, I did this, X, Y, Z, this is what happened, or I sold this, or I sacrificed here, or whatever. And uh, I mean, it's point, point came across beautifully, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. But, uh, uh, you know, yeah, I tried to, I tried to make it as, <laughs> as relevant as possible. Um, and, and as real and as, as honest as possible. Yeah, man. Thank you for that. And that's, uh, it's sometimes you got to be real about, you know, the realities of the sport because sometimes it's, it's expensive and it's hard. And, uh, you know, you're going to sacrifice a lot to be in the positions that uh, you find yourself in as far as being a pro player goes, you know? Yeah. And, and as, uh, yeah, as cliche as the, as the saying is, man, if there's a will, there's a way. I mean, that's how anything gets done. Um, and, and people will figure out a way. I get it, man. That's it's heavy, but it's good. 
Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's maybe move on to something a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, All good. So, uh, so you started, you knew you wanted to play competition, right? And so mm -hmm. I'm assuming like everybody else you either fell into or made a three or five man team, I'm assuming somewhere in yep. there. Yep. Yeah. We made um, a real three man team called Cold Limit um, with uh, the friend of mine who got me into playing. And we, we just added another friend. Uh, we had these blue, the blue JT bubble jerseys. We had those, and then we had the the heat press cold lemon on the back, and yeah, my that's, first that's this time frame it was. I think is that the same one? I don't know if that's the same one. I oh, have a no. the uh, the green one. And that was my very first jersey that I bought, uh, but I I don't know if it's that. It might be a well, year here, before I've, that I've one. Hold on, let's see here. Like that's the. I don't even know how you'd tell. I'll grab I'll grab the one I'll, mine. <laughs> All right, so this one, this was the, my very hey. first one. Yeah. Yep. Same. So same I, time stamp. Is it? Because I wasn't sure. Because I didn't know if the gradient was a little bit different on the yellows, but it might be the same. Well, that year they had those and they had, I think, like the bubble jerseys. And I hated the bubble jerseys, but I love the bubble gloves. And I like these jerseys and I hate the gloves that are made for these. <laughs> you know what, too? Is, you know, thinking about it, if you look, the tag, at least on mine, I still have the tag and everything in it and everything's still visible. And it says Chula Vista, California, 91911 USA. So this jersey was made in the USA. And I don't know if the newest jerseys are made in the usa how about that yep to the vista so th these are that's how you i guess you can tell one way that an authentic old school jt jersey is if it's made in california in the u.s <laughs> never thought about that neither did i until just then actually i was like wait maybe these are i wish it was one size bigger though it's a large and I wear an extra large to play in. Oh yeah, that's a large, and I definitely uh, have a couple of. Uh, I've got some bouncing material on me these days. So. <laughs> Built-in pad and brand. Built-in pad. <laughs> uh, okay, so you uh, started this, or you guys have this three-man. At what point did you start going from uh, just you know like jamming out locally to really kind of reaching out to uh, like a national-sized team like Tim and Effect? Well, I was so the owner of the Toledo Indoor was actually Eric Garbers, who owned Tim and Effect. And my memory is a little fuzzy on. So, yeah, with a podcast, you should definitely try and have a good memory because it helps so much at times. So don't have a bad memory because <laughs> like, I try and recall things and it's it's like scrambled eggs in there. Um, dude, I got, I've got four kids and three jobs, man. It's, I, got oh, man. I, I can't complain now. Um, <laughs> you can, man, you just, <laughs> and any parent, any parent will just ride to the occasion or whatever they have, man. That, yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Right. Um, but the owner, uh, Eric, I, I believe he came up and asked me, at least my conceited self would think that that he came up to me to ask me to try out for the team or they might have been having open tryouts. I really need to 
I need to ask some questions and see exactly how that how that worked itself out. But one way or another, there was some kind of situation that happened to where he saw me play, or I heard there was a tryout. Just one of those things, and uh, mm-hmm. I ended up ended up making the team. And that's when X Ball first initially came out in two thousand three, um, and that's when that's when I made Tipman Effect. Okay, so initially you were playing X Ball and Seven Man. No, so my first, so I was playing um, X Ball, yeah, X Ball first, and then, yeah, and then Seven Man, yep, and then played Seven Man with the old school um, lockout guys who were on the team. Oh God, I can't wait to talk to one of those guys about some of the shenanigans I've heard about them getting <laughs> to back in the day, dude. So, yeah, yeah, it's insane. Some of they for sure introduced me into like the crazy paintball world at a young age like being 16 and then like i was like oh my god this so this is so this is what paintball players do i guess all right this is gonna be nuts okay so it's actually funny you should say that because uh when we're talking to tyler humphrey he's like dude there's so part of the reason i'm doing this is probably part of the same reason that you're doing this then there's so many stories and especially when you start talking about like old school 10 man and stuff like that, some of those stories are absolutely bananas. Uh, so if you're playing with old school lockout dudes in seven, man, if you got some crazy stories, now's the time to uh, give us like a peek of one, man. Well, some of them were a little like not necessarily um, <laughs> PG 13, but um, well, a lot of it was, it was cool just kind of hearing. Cause I, w- I wasn't, I didn't really know who those guys were at the time, because for me, the big teams that I was really paying attention to was like the dynasties, Iron Man, Aftershock, like uh, a lot of the big pro teams, which not saying that lockout was not one of those. It was, they weren't just as prevalent in my head, my young mind um, as, as those three that I just named. But um, yeah, it, it was just, it's just crazy because how much shit you get away with. I mean, when you're at paintball tournaments and you, you you have no ties to the city or whatever, or rental car or hotel room, you just have no ties. And just those guys are, they're wild, man. They're wild. When it comes to rental cars, like I've just, I can only, I've heard horror stories about things that people have done to rental cars, both abroad and uh, and here, uh, Conus. Uh, and I've, <laughs> dude, I've spent, I've spent 16 years in the military and we haven't been super friendly with, with rental cars either. So, no. uh, I can only imagine. I would say be very cautious if you're buying a rental car, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just go over everything. Yeah. Get the, get the transmission checked a few times. Like I can only assume. Cause if you don't think people are jumping minivans, then you are very wrong. So, <laughs> I'm sorry you, you said this while I'm thinking about it. I've got to say it, otherwise I'll forget it. Uh, and this is your show, but uh, we um, so some time ago uh, I had some friends go out and drop off. I'm a I'm an air crewman by trade in the Navy, so uh, oh, nice. pilots fly the aircraft and anything gets operated in the back. That's what that's what I do. Um, so they had gone to drop off this uh, this aircraft to get uh, it's called depot level maintenance, where they just break it down and build it back up. It's it's up for a cycle for maintenance. Anyway, so while they're down there dropping this off, they decided to do the same thing. They get a hold of a rental van and they 
you know, drive it like a vehicle that no consequences that you would own kind of thing like that. Yeah. And then uh, sure enough, uh, sometime later, we go back and pick up the same aircraft. And as we're driving, uh, either they picked up an aircraft or dropped it off. Whatever happened is we had to drive from like North Carolina back into Virginia. And as they were driving, like, man, this thing has got like a horrible lean to the right. And then they figured it out like, oh, this is the van that we trashed last time we were here. So I guess oh uh, karma, karma got them in the end there. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, so back to back to Tipman Effect. You're playing X Ball and and uh, Seven Man with Tipman Effect. The Tipman Effect I remember uh, was World Cup '99. I had the last uh, wooded field that we played, and uh, the guys had the flatland barrels, and they were able to you see paint just like coming in from nowhere off the field because that wicked arc that it had, and uh, they were using it to their advantage on that on that wooded wow. field. Yeah, crazy, I can't say that time. I used a flatland barrel. And I definitely wasn't playing in 99. And I don't know if that was like even Fatty and Tim and like uh, those guys. It might have been even before those guys. Or was Back it those? Everybody had Scott Goggles in 98. That's all I remember. What do you remember what the jerseys look like? Were they like the Thunder uh, Thunderbolt and like purpley blue kind of like with a red tip and effect? I think that's. Now, I think what I remember was uh, they were like, um, they were black jerseys with like a gray stripe somewhere situated on them. And I oh, don't even remember like, if it was. Okay. I don't remember if it said uh, Timid Effect or if it was a Scott jersey at the time. Wow. Yeah. That was. That was a minute ago. That was, yeah. That was, that was longer. Way longer. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case I was, wasn't feeling old AF already, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. So, you know, you went to Tim and effect. And then after that, it was, you know, uh, I, I think, uh, anybody who pays any kind of attention to your story, it just steamrolls from Tipman to pro Tipman to, uh, attempting naughty dogs, but turning out to be excessive, uh, <laughs> you know, and then a, a couple of, uh, a couple of others after that. Um, and, uh, now, and you took a break, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if it's too personal, uh, we don't have to talk about that. But uh, if it's cool, uh, how this is going to get kind of deep in the weeds here because that took a 10 year break and I hated every minute of it. Uh, <laughs> no, that's all right. Yeah. So, what was that like taking a break and then trying to get back into it? So, um, at the end of the, the 2009 season, I. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I don't think it had anything to do with, with infamous or anything like that. I always, I always make sure I remind everybody that it wasn't had anything to do with Travis or any of the guys on the team. Um, I still friends with all the guys. I think it was just more or less. I had been playing and traveling and competing, um, since, you know, 2003 or whatever it was. And I had I missed hardly any weekends or anything like that, and I was just grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding, and I haven't really I hadn't found that balance yet to where it was like okay, well, I'm I'm working within the industry, I'm doing something like where I can be around the sport. I was still just you know still trying to figure out life too, and that kind of slowly boiled over. And I really needed to be addressed. So I decided that it was it was just time to kind of focus really on on life at home and 
figure out more or less of who I was when I stepped off the field because I, I knew who I was at paintball tournaments and and what I had to focus on and what my job was. But then when I came home, it was it was really kind of um, tough to really grasp anything like that because I was still you know, just thinking about the game. And I didn't really want to do that because I felt like at the time I wasn't obsessed with it as much as I was in the beginning. And when that happens, I, or, or I'm, I'm thinking anyone, uh, assuming, uh, that you just, your mind kind of starts to wander. And I've always wanted to play in a band. I've always wanted to write songs. I've wanted to sing. I wanted to, um, uh, travel without having, to really be anywhere right but to be able to to do whatever and 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 have my weekends and go to my nieces and nephews and brothers and sisters birthday parties and and all these things that you you don't really get to do when you're really super dedicated to a weekend sport (laughs) you know so um so i really just kind of had to assess my my life at home and who i was and kind of figure out for myself of what i wanted to be because at the time excuse me uh i was 20 in my mid 20s early early mid 20s and i i wasn't sure what i wanted to do yet and um i i really had to kind of figure that out for myself yeah uh sorry sorry to kind of spring that on you it's just it's a super personal question and at the same time uh the combination of uh you know if we have kids that are that are wanting to get into the sport now uh, it's, it's kind of okay for them to understand that like this sport takes a lot of dedication, a lot of dedication, especially if you're trying to play a, a race to or an X ball format. And it's okay for someone to, I think someone needs to hear that. It's okay. That if you want to take time to yourself then you know, it's not out of the norm and it's okay. Cause it's, it's a mentally healthy thing to do, you know? And then, um, you know, somebody in, in my position where, um, I've got a lot of friends that played for trauma and I just watched all my friends go and just like crush, uh, you know, 2005 world cup. And I, I knew that I was never going to be able to, to get to that level and it's okay to take a break. Um, and, and if you needed to go on with like real life, that it's okay. You know, cause yeah. I know a lot of people are kind of hard on themselves about that. So again, uh, sorry to get in the weeds in that. I know it's, it's a super personal question. Thank you for being, you know, really honest about it. But um, you know, there's, yeah, no there problem. Was more depth to that than than, than just uh, face value of a question. So thanks. Well, no, that's that's good though. I mean, that's why that's what these podcasts are for, right? You, you know, they listen. People listen for entertainment, or people do them for entertainment. But also at the thick of it, there's an attachment there, and that attachment is personal. The attachment is paintball, and then that that attachment and that that um uh thing that we have in common turns out to be maybe something else that becomes common or that we have in common and then something else. So it's like you have this, we have this thing in common, which it's like the seven degrees of say Kevin Bacon, right? So it's, it, that's, that's with everyone in life. You can do that. And I think that's why these podcasts, at least for me, I'm I'm always speaking for myself. um, But at least for me, they always, I want them to be personal because I feel like that's how we really um, break things down into maybe something that's very digestible for someone who all they hear is like, well, you do A, B and C and D and then you and then you do it. But it's not really that clear. A lot of times there's a one, two, three, four, 
and then B one, two, three, four, five, six. You know, there's there's multiple ways of doing things, and um, and not every way of doing things is the right way or the wrong way, or you have to figure out what that is. And I, I think these podcasts need to become uh, more personal and a little bit more, uh, you know, not really holding any reins because then we're not, you're not being honest and you want to, you want this to be something that you listen to, that you would want to listen to. Right. I mean, that's how I take doing the podcast or, or listening to any podcast that's, that's if I want, if I want information out of somebody, meaning like just out of curiosity, which is normally like 99% of the time of why I'm asking any of the questions that I have or whatever is I'm, I'm just naturally curious at whatever answer that you're going to give me, because normally it's going to be close to, uh, different than somebody else's. So I'm just genuinely curious about that. And I think if, if somebody's not listening for that reason of being curious, I think it's just, it's doesn't mean, um, you know, it doesn't mean as much as maybe the person who is doing the podcast, if that makes any sense. I know that was kind of like a tangent, but it's like, it's just, it, that's what, that's why anybody I feel like would listen to a podcast, right. Too, because like I listen to the, the Rogan podcast cause I feel like I can, uh, kind of relate to a lot of the stuff. I'm also entertained, but I can relate. And then why I listen to like, you know, whoever, why you listen to any podcast It's because it, it's personal. It means something. It, it has some kind of uh, tackiness to it. Well, for me, it was, uh, it was the best of both worlds. Uh, for two years, uh, I was driving an hour and a half each way to DC every day for work. And so, uh, I can tell you that podcasts definitely make that a much, uh, much shorter commute for sure. But oh, uh, of course with, with, with the paintball, it's, uh, it's difficult to, I, I know it's kind of cliche. a lot of people think it's cliche whenever uh, you talk about like connection that people in the military have with one another, but uh, second to none for me, that has been my, uh, my paintball friends as far as like some of the best friends I've ever had uh, because of the sport. And uh, you, I mean, we can say that until we're blue in the face, but until people actually play the sport or compete in the sport, rather, I don't know um, if it's the same for scenario players or weekend players or something like that, but people that compete, like even on a, I've never made it past like D4 or whatever, but mm -hmm. uh, on that level, it's still some of the best friends I've ever had. Yeah. I mean, you share, you share something as, you know, like paintball where it takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of, you know, giving up weekends and all these things. And, you know, I, I don't, I was never in the military, but I can only assume that being elbow to elbow with somebody and you're, you're in the shit that you guys are connected on that level. And, you know, us playing paintball kind of, turning it to that side of things playing paintball and just knowing the grind that has to happen and especially doing it with guys uh on a regular basis i mean you get that kind of camaraderie and and everything so it, it yeah it means a lot 100 percent uh so uh you started the podcast before you um i don't want to say stop playing because none of us ever really stopped playing per se <laughs> right uh but but you started, what started the podcast? Um, so I started while we're talking. Yeah. My, uh, I wasn't expecting to use my phone. So you're going to get a little bit of a tour while I go look for a, uh, a charging cable while, while we're talking about this. Perfect. I always want to snoop around somebody's house and not be there. <laughs> yeah. <but> it's, just, <laughs> it's a, there's a, there's a live, laugh, love on the wall. So if you got to hang up on me, as soon as you see that, please feel free to do so. I have a wife too. So it's all good. 
<laughs> I uh, yeah, man. I, well, that's the balance we need, right? Because if it wasn't, um, if it was up to me to decorate the house, no one would want to come in because it would just look like what my corner of the basement does. <laughs> Diamond plate metal and stainless and uh, hardwood <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> smell like lacquer and leather. Right. <laughs> With a twinge of WD-40. Yeah, right. Just get rid of all the squeaks. Yeah. So, uh, so what started the podcast, man? Oh, uh, yeah. So, so eventually, you know, I talked to a few people about wanting to start one because I discovered podcast uh, podcasts in general. I think I discovered around that same time, maybe a little bit earlier in the year. Um, or not, no, you know what? Actually, I believe it was 2016, and because I started the podcast early in 2017. Um, but anyway, talked to a few guys about thinking about wanting to do one, uh, just because I like talking anyway. I don't shut up. So, um, so I talked to them about it. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, you should, you should." And um, I really didn't know what it was going to be about. Meaning, like, yeah, you can talk about paintball, but. Honestly, sometimes if I talk about paintball straight for like five to ten minutes, sometimes it gets a little old. And I'm like, okay, meaning like, like, oh, this, you know, you can hear a lot of the same stuff all the time. But if you don't put your own little kind of personal twist on things, it's like, okay, well, paintball is paintball is paintball. We know what paintball is. But like, how do you bring your little bit of like flair into it? Um, But I, I've. You know, at this time, 2017, I had already been playing, you know, for for a while. And I just I hated hearing all of these stories and not being able to convey them um, with me and my memory, too. If I wanted to convey any of these stories, I didn't want to leave out any details. And I didn't want to have to be the, the selfish holder of that story. Um, and I, I wanted to sh- I want to share things with people and share moments and memories and, and, and ideas and thoughts and i thought a podcast would be a great way to do that and hell i know um quite a few different people in the industry so you know why not give her a go cool man it's, uh <clears throat> that's kind of a i can't really say just say like cool man because there's a lot of different layers to that but I can't <laughs> what else, how else to uh how else to respond to it uh what kind of uh so right now you're playing brimstone yep yeah, uh, I think I think you had said on one of your podcasts we're gonna be able to make it to Chicago. I hate that for you. Yeah, it's well, it's looking. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, so I'm I, I'm possibly figuring it out. I haven't really talked to any of the guys on Brimstone about it yet, but I think I've been able. I think I found a way, and um, so don't tell anybody. So I'll call them tomorrow about it. But um, I possibly might have found a way. And uh, I'm actually going to make a trip this Saturday to the uh, the NXL Chicago event. Oh, nice, nice. Yep, I got a, a day freed up. I'm actually going to take my son there. That's uh, it's funny you should say that. I actually took uh, I took my son, one of my sons, over to uh, whenever they had the, the during COVID when they had just the invitationals. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They had one down in uh, in Virginia Beach, and uh, I uh, I've got some friends down there. And uh, I live close enough that I could drive. And so uh, I've got three boys, but uh, I took one of them with me down there. I got to, uh, I got to meet uh, Greg Montalvo from um, 
I think I just butchered his last name, but how to how to play paintball the the guy from ML Kings. It was really cool. Oh, uh, yeah. Met Rich Sulfurt for like the third time. Uh, he's a busy dude, so yes. I'm, I'm not gonna take it. I'm not gonna take it personally. Doesn't remember me. Uh, Christian Collins, a whole bunch of the other guys. Got to meet them all. Got photos with uh with the kids or with my son rather. Uh, them, nice. So I can I can respect taking your kiddo to a to a game. I was gonna try to do the same thing. I was gonna try to take him to that Philly event last year, but uh, yeah, trying to do the Philly event and then trying to do like the old day. Uh, I needed to. I needed to get the old band instead of just try to go hang out at an Excel event. I'm, <laughs> I'm too. I'm too old to try to try to throw down in some uh, in some in Excel stuff. Yeah, I was. I was actually asked to play, and it was close to happening. But then I wasn't. I had other plans that would have that would have gotten the way. But that would have been sweet to play. I I still have fun playing. But I. That, I mean, that's one thing. I, I wish I was still playing competitively, just for the fact of like my son is now getting to that age. He's five. Um, so he's like interested in like all the stuff that dad does and why this and why that and why this and what's this. And so, so I've got, uh, I've got triplets and, uh, two of the, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, uh, I took them to, uh, I took them to play jelly ball last year for the birthday and they had a a (laughs) blast. I got some JT splat masters. It just wasn't the same as them being able to run around just full auto into one another. Oh, I bet. Oh, I think I'll have to get some and, uh, and do it with them. So yeah, triplets, man. What? It, how? How do you manage that? One day at a time, man. Oh my god! And though you have, you said you have three kids or four. I've got four kids, uh, including including the triplets. Before or after the triplets? Oh, uh, oh, before, definitely before. So you all right? So, yeah. so you had the one kid, and then you're like, oh, let's try again, and then you. <laughs> triplets uh basically we were like let's just take the goalie out of the game and see what happens and apparently i get all the overtimes at once oh my uh, gosh yeah crazy <laughs> story is my best friend from high school also has triplets really yeah so don't drink the water in edmond oklahoma apparently man i guess not yeah wouldn't that be crazy if there was a statistic that came out of there that said that they had the highest rating of like triplets coming out of there? Right. I don't think we've ever actually checked into that, to tell you the truth. But uh, he also has uh, four kids. He's got uh, the triplets plus one, except uh, they had the triplets first time up. And then uh, she was like, I want a normal pregnancy. And I was like, man, you're playing with fire. And uh, they looked out and only had only had one. I say they looked out. uh, I mean, (laughs) teach their own or whatever, but they only had one after that. So they've got they've got three boys and a girl. I've got three boys and a girl. It's just different ratios. Well, you can't I mean, you know, well, we obviously had one at a time, but um, thinking about remembering and being a, a, a new parent and a fresh parent and even just with one kid, like how stressful that was of just like knowing that you had this little f- flesh ball uh, that you had to like keep alive and care for and love and all this stuff and just, you know, freak out about about any little thing. I can't imagine being a brand new parent and you have three of those to like maintain so um <clears throat> so it was older in life um that we had them so it wasn't like i feel bad for anybody who's like 21 and has triplets right off the bat you know what i mean like how yeah. do you try to wrap your head around that so it was later in life um i'm a i'm an air crewman in the navy so it's you're used to stress and you know difficult situations and things like that uh yeah before we got stationed uh, where we currently live now, she was a television producer. And so she's used to just stress all the time. 
and my my mother-in-law lived with us for like six weeks or something like that probably yeah. a little bit longer than that so apologies to her if i'm not getting that timeline right or whatever but uh <laughs> anyway so so we had some help we're we're used to to stressful uh situations and honestly it's still just a blur all of yeah. that but uh yeah moving on crazy <laughs> moving on from that that's Amish lottery here. That's a normal life. Um, <laughs> so, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent, and I'm not trying to air any dirty laundry or anything like that. No, 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 right. no, man. I, that's uh, oh, that's the good stuff. You're hanging out with uh, hanging out and playing with Brimstone guys now. Uh, what are your future plans, man? Uh, without spilling any beans or anything like that, are you just gonna keep playing ten man? Are you gonna try to dip your toe back in NXL or? Oh, man, I maybe, would. Uh... You can. Tell me, mind my own fucking business. It's up to you. I know, dude. I've been asked so many times of like, "Hey, come back, do this." Is like, I am getting older. I'm like, I'm I'm 35 now, um, and I mean, I do, I do feel like I have some years in me that I could definitely, uh, where I feel like I can contribute still to whatever team. Um, maybe if yeah, a few years, I would say uh, the knees are okay. But it's, I mean, you throw, you know, you throw these things, especially with how I play, you throw your body into the ground a lot and body or ground, not so soft um, a lot of the time. So even with some of the best padding in the world, it's not going to save you from just mashing your body eventually over time. Uh, but, but I, um, I'm sorry. What you was had the question? Surgery, right? I, I got, That's fine. I, did, oh. I thought about how like my knees are all fucking wonky. No, it's uh it's fine uh oh coming back or or doing whatever yeah, like or, oh yeah figuring just, it out what do you want to do in the future um i think 10 man's cool i i enjoy it i, th- I like the laid backness of it i like how it, there's no it sounds terrible but it's like you you don't have the commitment that you would to like an x-ball team or playing x-ball or anything like that which I have no problem doing, but the problem the problem is is that if you want in my head, if you want to be good, if you want to compete at the highest level and give yourself the best opportunity to win, then you need to play as much, if not more, than the top teams are playing right now. And of course, I mean, if and, you want to Yeah, I, I I told I told Alex uh, I told Frazy this. I, I told um, some others of teams who were like inquiring about maybe me coming back or whatever, which I was just completely honored by. Um, I I just wouldn't I wouldn't be able to really commit the time needed. Otherwise, I feel like I'd, I'd be playing, um, but I just I can't commit the time to be able to really feel like I'd be an asset for whatever team that I would land on. Um, and I just feel like I would be completely almost lying to them just by being there and then lying to myself, like knowing that I am not putting in the same amount of time as uh, everybody else on the team, uh, let alone everybody that we're playing against. No, I get it. I get it. I completely get that. Like if someone's going to take the time to try to uh, give you a shot or try to, to pay your way, you obviously want to give them like the best you have available. And if you're not, just absolutely grinding like you like you were when you were younger then it's uh you feel like you're falling short so i can i can understand that yeah because i'm you know i'm always wanting to learn and always wanting to get better no matter what i'm doing um and maybe it's not 
maybe it's not getting better, but maybe it's just having those reps and having and sharpening that sword and and staying sharp and keeping the mind sharp of the decisions on the field and everything. And um, because it's not like I'm physically going to get better, um, I'm still gonna have to play the same way. But it's just maybe the decision making uh, of being in those situations constantly and not being able to do that. That'll be the that'll be kind of the uh, the backlash. I get it. I dig it. So, long story short, gonna be sticking to ten man uh, for now. For now, Ish. for the okay. for the foreseeable Ish. foreseeable future. But you know, anything's possible. Okay. Hey, without, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to have you spilling your beans or anything like <laughs> well, that. Man, I'm not so. gonna concrete myself into like, uh, no, no, never gonna happen again. Because you know what? I enjoy playing paintball and I enjoy moving around and like I feel like I'm in halfway decent shape. Could I be in better shape? Yes. Um, but am I in shape to play paintball? Yeah, I, I would say that. Um, but I just don't want to nix it off my list um, because my my son and my daughter are getting older. And if, you know, if daddy wants to go play pro and have the kids watch, let it be. We'll see. <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> All right. Here's, here's a question that I, that I really enjoy asking lately because, you know, this is a game of gear. Uh, you know, we all, we're all uh, – uh anyway uh trying to find a better way to say it but anyway you'll understand when i ask <laughs> do you have or did you ever have a favorite gun that you wish you never got rid of besides all of them uh <laughs> i would have i mean to... we can't we can't all be nick Sloviak and have like an extra room in the house just for our guns i get that uh, but... yeah um you know a lot of the guns i had to sell because of just of like trying to keep paintball lifestyle, you know, growing up and playing in the game. I mean, that was how I made a lot of living and, you know, trying to hustle to pay rent. I didn't have a normal job all the time. So I had to hustle gear, guns, whatever ones that I really didn't want to sell. Um, but I, man, one that I, I, I wish I didn't uh, get rid of was my 06 SL. I think it was an SL 66 uh, from excessive. It was is that that dream. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, it was the it was the one after the 2005. Well, yeah, 2005, 2006. But I mean, you know, when they had the gold milled ones that were actually milled. This was the th mm -hmm. this is the team ones that came out where they're like planet came to us and said, hey, what color uh, scheme do you want? What color scheme do you want? What color scheme do you want? And then it was I actually I. My color scheme was swapped where I was and actually traded with another guy because we had the same colors, but just the opposite parts. So we were like, Hey, that actually looks cooler than what I thought it was going to be. And then he said the same thing to me. I'm like, let's <laughs> we traded. And I was like, all right, that works. What color? Was but everybody it? else had crazy colors. What, what color was it? It was just like an olive like an olive green uh, parts with a black body. There's a there's a picture of you somewhere. You've got like this dreamsicle orange of a gun. Uh, I don't. I, it looked like Pomona, I think, is what you were playing in or whatever. But uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for for orange or rust colored guns. So I was kidding. <laughs> it might have been somebody else's. But... Thinking about it, or I wonder if it was the the alien marker. No, 
Oh no, I, I know the difference between alien and a and eclipse gun. This is definitely eclipse gun. The alien one, I think, was like a yellow to black fade or something like that. But I think I know what one you're talking about. I know exactly which one you're talking about. I and I don't know. I that was mine throughout that year to just use. I I didn't end up actually having anything on. I didn't have a gun for that 2005 season. I'll tell you what. I am super stoked about the emac that i happen to get my hands on oh yeah yeah well i mean it's it's an emac i'm just i'm really stoked that you know jack finally came out with i knew it was only a matter of time obviously uh i've always had a problem like finances in this in this sport because it's just Mm -hmm. sometimes it's crazy expensive um but i knew it was only a matter of time before technology was going to catch up the price as far as something like the emac out of the box and what it's capable of for what you pay for you know what i mean it's insane, dude. It's it's literally one of the best shooting guns that I have ever had. And it's like 270 bucks or something like that. And I mean, you throw a barrel on there and a couple little upgrades and it's dude, it's you're you have a tournament marker in your hands. So obviously I've got uh, you know, like a hair valve in mine and I enjoy that. But uh, at this whenever I was at the, the old classic, my buddy uh, Ryan Hart, it was funny watching him just use a bone stock one and still just shred people all day long on the, on the snake on that hyperball field. Uh, it was for a couple of times I was like, what the hell is he shooting? And yeah, I had to take a closer look to realize it was just a stock emac and he was like wrecking people with it. Yeah. Mine was stock for the longest uh, time. And then I got, uh, for, for ICC, I ended up getting a, um, a hair valve put in and then, I have one of the uh, one of the triggers from the Brimstone guys, the T Fatty trigger. Yeah, I highly recommend it, man. It's it feels great. You got that ASA on there, and the uh, yeah, and the ASA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. That was the first upgrade, actually. Yeah the the laser etching on that was actually a. Uh, we have a laser etcher in the hangar there that we use for tools that are uh, that are too small or delicate because uh, every every tool's got a part, so you're not leaving it in the aircraft when you're working on it. And I was like, hey, you think you guys can uh, laser engrave something for me? I'm like, well, we'll try. And I uh, took it in there, and, and they threw that on there for you. I, dude, I really uh, appreciate that, man. That was the, f- that was the first thing when, when you contacted me about that, and you're like, what do you use? I was like, I will absolutely throw this on there. Because it sucks. <laughs> one, it sucks screwing it in. Um, even though I want to try and keep it as stock as possible, that was more of just a convenient thing. And then two, having uh, you know having you engrave everything in there, and then it was like, yeah, of course, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was more the convenience thing more than anything else. I was like, you can say all you want to about keeping something stock, but if we're being honest, man, those pop ASAs are just super convenient. Yes, I got to figure out what I have to do now though, um, because it's getting a little hard to like engage it's like i'm oh, almost yeah? having to like like do that to it to engage it so i don't know if i have to i got i probably got to take it apart and and uh get some dirt and shit out of it and clean it up and grease it up you probably just take it to the 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 planet guys the next event i uh was actually but that's what that's i don't i gotta do it myself i gotta i gotta <laughs> be able to do it myself and and tear it down and like no it's almost like it's your rifle, right? You got to know it in and out and be able to like work on it in the rain blindfolded. So 
that was for me growing up too. That was one of my biggest pet peeves too, was giving somebody something of mine and having them tech it or whatever and getting it back. And something's different. The feel is off, like the triggers off or I, I don't know. But if I know if I do it and I get it right and I can just maintain my own stuff, I won't have to rely on anybody trying to figure it out or fix it. I would just need parts in them, you know, in that case. So, you know what? Typically I, I can understand exactly where you're coming from. Uh, except that this, uh, this last, right before I went to ICC, I went to go put uh, metal eye covers on mine and that mm -hmm. little ball at the end of the, uh, uh, Allen wrench that they come with snapped off in the, uh, in the actual screw itself. So I had to take it over to plant and, uh, whatever they saw it, even, even those guys were like, Oh dude, what did you bring us? And I came <laughs> back about 30 minutes later and, uh, the tech had like thrown the screw off the table. I was like, fuck you. I win. And he's like, just took whatever they had taken. They had just beaten the shit out of this, uh, the, the, the polymer one that was on there to get it off. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's bad enough whenever the tech looks at it and it's like, oh, shit, dude. That's pretty bad. Yeah. You got to be careful uh, with those, those ball end Allen wrenches. I've had a few times where it was like, like, if it felt like it was going to go. But then I, I also had a bunch of times where the fucking the, the flat end of the head would always like strip out. I'm like, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's I mean, part of part of doing business with a with a sport where you have stuff that has a whole shit in of parts, I guess. Stainless Allens. <clears throat> hey, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll invest in those. <laughs> All right. So last question. I'll get out of your hair. I can't thank you enough for uh, taking the time to talk to me. I appreciate it. No, all know, good, man. Uh, I'm uh, whatever, you, whatever. How long you want to go? I don't care. Yes, I mean it's definitely been uh, probably the most personal, one of the most personal, next to Tyler, just because I've known us for so damn long. Uh, uh, shout outs, man. Let's hear your shout outs to uh, you know people along the way, or people that are currently helping, or sponsors, or whatever. You want to plug the guys in your podcast? Feel free to go ahead on that too. Um, <laughs> um, that's this is your chance, man. Well, one, thank you for having me on. Um, I, I very much, uh, appreciate the opportunity to come out and just kind of, uh, you know, blurt out things at the top of my, on top of my head and, and kind of give my take on things. And, and, uh, thank you for being a, uh, a fellow storyteller with what you're doing. I, I, I appreciate it. Um, you know, a big shout out to, they're probably not going to hear this, but to, to my parents for allowing me to really kind of figure things out when I was young, um, and trying to find what really kind of caught my attention uh, because a lot of things caught my attention because I have such bad ADD. Uh, so I was all over the place. So I cannot imagine uh, if one of my kids have what I had when I was young toward everything satisfied me for five minutes and I was moving on to the next thing, but paintball obviously didn't do that. Um, but I, yeah, shout out to Eric Garbers, who, without Tipman Effect, I don't think I'd be anywhere here. And and also to uh, you know to my friends who I grew up playing with and everything, to all the guys on Excessive and all the teams that I played for. It was just it was a, a, amazing to hear everybody's story on how they got to that specific spot um, from wherever they were. Somehow we were all in the same you know time and universe and that in that moment it was just amazing uh and uh thank you to just planet eclipse who have been amazing throughout the years with not only providing the world with an amazing product but all uh, you know supporting myself with the podcast itself with whatever team i was on um 
they've been, uh, you know, a really great company to work with throughout the years. And, you know, all the companies that I've, I've had the opportunity to work along with, um, whether it be for the podcast or, you know, in the kind of paintball community itself, I, I've just had nothing but really good interactions and met a lot of really good people. And I, you know, I wouldn't trade for anything. I don't think any of us would, man. It's uh, it's worked out pretty well for, I think, ninety nine point nine percent of my friends. This is uh, it's been something that's been beneficial in their lives. And you know? oh, so, yeah. um, it was a it was a molding uh, thing for me for sure. Uh, it kind of molded in me into who I am today and and how I kind of perceive the world, really. Yeah, actually, uh, Patty Gleason just had a uh, an interview on. He did something. I think it's uh between bunkers or something like that that he just released on YouTube. And then he made a comment about like, you know, I learned a lot of life lessons through paintball. And I think that that kind of rings true for a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then you mentioned uh, Tyler Humphreys too. I've been, I mean to get him on the podcast. Um, but I just at my parents' place, they were going through their garage and I've remembered that I have a giant Baltimore trauma poster and uh, there's a bunch of signatures and everything on it, but I don't know exactly what year it's from, but it's when they were wearing, it's like, it was like the gray, it wasn't the JT jerseys, but it was, they were wearing profilers and like the big puffy. They might've been like Draxus jerseys or something. I can, I can guarantee it was Draxus at the time. Yeah. But I, it was funny kind of seeing all that and like, man, that was a while ago. That was like, that was probably like, Oh, three maybe so i was friends with them when they built the team uh let me let me go get it i'm gonna go get it before just so maybe we'll be on the same page okay man All right, so I thought it said to Carl, but it, it doesn't. <laughs> so let me try and fold it and see if you can see it. Uh, yep, yeah, they're all wearing the profilers. Yep, and then there's, let's see, Rob, Opie. <laughs> there's a good one down the corner. Yep. <laughs> so I'm actually gonna try to get try to get Opie on here. Uh, funny story is uh, I went to I went to World Cup again. Went in '99 and I went in '04. And in '04, my team we got knocked out, and uh, I just had some extra time on my hands. And uh, my book, obviously, my friends are there playing for for trauma, and uh, they're like, "Well, hey, if you got nothing else going on, Opie might need some help." So I actually helped him like break down the old Draxus uh set up uh that year and he's like hey uh, what are you doing later on i was like i don't know I was like, yeah i'm dinner with us and so i actually went out and had nice. dinner with them at like olive garden it's funny because at the time i think like h2s just came out and so he was like driving through bushes with richmond italia as like h2 at the time oh, just shit. and giggles and stuff so uh yeah it's so again it's just hundreds and hundreds and thousands of just crazy stories in this industry but um yeah hey man uh, i can't i can't thank you enough thank you so much for for taking the time to you know to talk talk about the, the stories talk about your background things like that thank you so much for uh you're giving the rest of us a podcast um that we look forward to every time you come out with uh with something new i'm 
you know, I, I look for longer stretches of drive so I can catch the whole thing, you know, and actually have time to listen to it. Man. Yeah, but, I, pre- uh, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm sorry there's been kind of gaps in between them now, just, you know, trying to figure out, you know, life and uh, still and, you know, just trying to wrap everything up. But thank you. Thank you so much for listening and, you know, being a part of this, you know, whole thing. Yeah, man, no problem. Uh, real life takes precedence, man. I get it. Uh, you know, we all realize to live outside this this crazy uh, hobby slash sport that we all enjoy. But, uh, hey, man, thanks again for taking the time. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you at uh, the next uh, next event, man. Yeah, sounds good. We'll have to say hi. All right. Take it easy, brother. Later. Welcome back, everybody. That was Carl Markowski of the Playing On Podcast and Tipman Effect and Brimstone Smoke and take your pick of all the other teams uh, that he's been on and uh, made an impact with. Uh, Thanks for taking the time, buddy. I really am humbled and I appreciate it and look forward to uh, talking to you and us in the future and uh, seeing you at events. Uh, Speaking of that, everybody, we uh, we don't have paintball magazines anymore. So the more paintball content out there, uh, the more flavor, so to speak, of uh, whatever people like. Uh, some people like long form, some people like short form, some people like YouTube videos. Uh, so with uh, with all that being said, I mean, make sure you check out Carl's podcast, the Playing On podcast, Steve McGuire's, the uh, the popular unknown paintball podcast. Uh, that guy just cranks out content. I can't thank him enough. Uh, Fred Schultz, uh, he's got a YouTube video, uh, videos, rather, um, you know, Overshot Paintball Podcast. Those guys are doing a killer job. Uh, Tyler and uh, Marcelo also doing a killer job in uh, Play the Game. And, uh, you know, there's just a, a ton of content out there as far as just podcasts go. That's not even that's not even talking about the YouTube channels. I mean, you got Airtime Paintball with Dave Arkell, and then you've got uh, Paintball Room My Life. Uh, there's just so much content out there. And, uh, you know, we need more of it because, like I said, uh, back in the day, all we had was magazines, and we don't have that anymore. Um, so be sure to check it out. Uh, Paintball Media, I uh, can't go wrong with those guys. Uh, just tons of stuff, and uh, the more the more that we see, the, the you know I'm just really excited to see a lot of it come out. Uh, thanks for taking the time, guys. Uh, looking forward to uh, more content soon, and uh, stay tuned to Relic, a classic paintball podcast. I'm your host Tori Schramm, and I'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.